It's a good day so far. Would you agree? If you're glad to be here, yeah, well, you already called me. You, you anticipated what I was going to say. If you're glad to be here, please say amen. amen. Hey, I am too. It's an awesome responsibility to stand before you and to talk to you today about what the Lord has been talking to me about in recent days and weeks. We are just anticipating changes. We've already ex expressed or experienced so many changes, and there probably are more to come. That's just life, isn't it? I wish they would have told me what it meant to grow older. You know, you probably wish that too. They didn't warn you about all the things that could go wrong. And sometimes I'm just glad because um, there are so many things working in my body at this very moment to enable me to stand here. So I'm just thankful for what I have. And, uh, but sometimes I can lose perspective. I went to the dentist this week. Five cavities. I go regularly. I get my teeth cleaned. I floss every day. But five cavities. Oh, who knew? The old gray mare just ain't what she used to be. <laughs> Life is full of choices, isn't it? Have you, want, have you ever found yourself wondering what to do in a specific situation? Wondering which way to turn? Wondering whether something is right or wrong for you? Wondering what's the best way to tackle a problem that you're facing? Wondering, in fact, what is God's will for my life? Have you ever thought, maybe dreamed, wouldn't it be nice if God could send you an email? <laughs> or what if he could send a text? Get a little more contemporary there, or a tweet? I'm not even sure what a tweet is. I know a bird does that a lot, but anyway, maybe a tweet. I don't know. Uh, even snail mail would be appreciated, wouldn't it? A letter from God? Can you imagine it? Yeah, so we're looking for the Lord's wisdom we're looking for the Lord's guidance and discernment in these momentous decisions we have to make. Would you agree? I've sometimes found myself wondering what Jesus would do if he were in my place. And you know, there was that, that fad a while ago, a little bracelet that said WWDJ. What would Jesus do? Or JD? Anyway, what would Jesus do? Yes. What would he say? If Jesus were in my place, how would he act? How would he react? Have you ever read books by people who have been through your situation or your problem, hoping that some there will be some glimmer of insight or something that you advice, perhaps? But at the same time, even after reading those books, you're really not sure. You discover yourself thinking, perhaps, if only... If only I could have a word from the Lord. Then I'd know what to do. If only he would speak to me. Now we know that God does speak through nature. He speaks through brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. He speaks through our conscience. He speaks through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. But how does God speak today? The greatest way, the most effective way, the most reliable way is through his word, the Bible. We believe that as a church, don't we? Sure we do. And so the fact is that God speaks. The living word speaks through his written word. 90% of God's will, it has been noted, 
What is God's will for my life? 90% of that question is answered in the Bible. Yes, and I could go, but I'm going to try to restrain. I could give you some examples. So we don't have to hunt and wonder and worry and guess about God's will for our lives, at least the 90%. That's specifically spelled out in the Bible. God's word is the final authority for all matters of faith and living. What we believe and what we do. We believe that, don't we? The Bible is God's word and it speaks to us today. Sometimes it speaks directly to our concerns. Other times when the exact problem or circumstance is, is that it's not really mentioned in the Bible, then we apply the principles of the Bible that are there. We take the Bible as a whole, the whole counsel of God. I often think what a privilege it would have been to meet Jesus face to face. Have you ever wondered about that? Has it ever crossed your mind? I wish I could have been in the crowd that day for the Sermon on the Mount. I wish I could have been in the circle of disciples and just even been a, a bug on the wall just to listen to what he was saying and to get an idea of who he is and what he's all about. If I could meet him face to face, if I could hear him preach and teach, if I could wa watch him perform miracles and, uh, and, and heal people. But yet, in his own words, he says, I'm more blessed because I have not seen him. Can you believe that? He said that before he left. Blessed are you who have not seen and yet believe. And that's all of us here today. We haven't seen Jesus with our physical eyes, maybe in a vision or a dream, but most of us have not. But blessed are we. So I would say the next best thing, or maybe the best thing to being there in the first century is to meet and hear Jesus in person as we read the accounts of his words and his works and his life in the Bible. Are you getting the idea I think the Bible is pretty important? I hope so. And are you getting the idea that when you read the Bible, if you come with an attitude of expectancy, you're going to receive something from the Lord? I hope so. Do you have a problem this morning? Don't be silly, you'd say. Of course I have a problem. As one of our presidents used to say when he couldn't remember a person's name, he'd go up to him and he'd say, tell me about your old complaint. And it never failed. They never asked about the name. They just launched right into what, what was wrong. I bet you could do that too if I gave you the opportunity, couldn't you? Tell me about your old complaint. Tell me what it's like to be growing older. Sure, sure. Well, anyway, we might have a doubt today, maybe a fear, maybe a need for direction in your life, in your family's life, in the life of our church. Do you have a need today for wisdom, for guidance? Do you have a mountain that needs to be moved? Are you looking for an answer? Are you looking for encouragement? A word of encouragement. Well, that would be great, wouldn't it? A word of comfort. A reason to keep going. A ray of hope in a dark, dark world. 
Or perhaps things are going well, and you just need a word of affirmation from the Lord. Keep on keeping on, my faithful servant. I don't know what you need today, but God knows, and you know. You know, as an expression, a local expression of Christ's body in Loveland, Colorado, we stand on the potential cusp of a major change in leadership, do we not? We've been searching for a new pastor, as Rebecca told us at the beginning, for many months. Various committees have been involved in countless hours in discussing, developing, coming to a consensus in determining who we are as a church, considering our history, factoring in our present congregational situation and composition. And out of that came our mission and values statements. A pastoral profile then was developed in resonance and consonance with our mission and values. And the search began. On your mark, get ready, go, get set. Now, Jesus most likely would have fit the bill. But he was unavailable to be physically to be our pastor. He's with us today in spirit whenever we gather in his name, but Jesus was not available. What about the apostle Paul? No, he was a great, he's a great saint. Maybe he could come and be our pastor. Oh no, he didn't quite fit our profile. I don't think we want the apostle Paul to be our pastor, quite frankly. Well, seriously, seriously. The pastor and the committee, rather, kept searching. After endless hours of prayer, sifting through countless resumes, listening to sermons, and it's so great these days, you can just go online and you can listen to sermons. It's different than in the old days where you had to bring a tape with you or send a tape ahead. Listening to sermons, conducting interviews, checking references, fielding questions, seeking the Lord's man for this vital position. And they finally reached, and it didn't come easily, it's like a jury that's debating, they finally reached a consensus, as we've just learned, that David Hoffelmeyer is the man for this time and place. However, as Rebecca also said, it's not a done deal. We are depending upon, we are looking to the priesthood of believers here for confirmation. So I want to stress to you as, as a member of this church that your vote is highly valued and is essential, essential for this process to be consummated one way or the other. Don't neglect, if you're in town and able to be here, and those of you that are watching on, uh, on, on the computer, uh, you have to be here in order to vote at our congregational meeting. That's in our laws and bylaws. Much information about our man is on the website. Some, a very few of us, have met him in person. More of us have met him online. But as Rebe again, as Rebecca said, she stole a lot of my thunder. As Rebecca said, there's going to be many opportunities this week to meet him and interact with him and his wife. And you saw those three cute little children up there. Now that's a selling feature, don't you think? 
they got the cutest little smiles. And let me say again, because I know it's been said, but I also know I'm a senior as well. It doesn't hurt to repeat things, does it? When is our congregational meeting? This coming Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What time is it? 10 o'clock. And where is it? Right here. Yes, you've got it. So be here if you can. We really need you. Because according to the EPC Book of Order, when it comes to the new pastor, the power goes back to the people. Or the power to the people, you remember that? Well, in our form of government, yes, that's exactly right. The session doesn't make the decision, the staff doesn't make the decision, or, or the, the, the former pastors. No, it comes back to the congregation. And the search committee, uh, then, and the, the candidating week, followed by a congregational vote. Now we're asking you to put your faith and confidence in the carefully thought out and prayed through process. If you have a question, if you have a concern, talk to any one of the elders. They'd be happy to talk to you. Talk to any one of us staff members. We'd be happy to talk to you. We could say, this is what I know. This is what I heard. This is what I feel. And, and let's have a, a, and I think we already are. I sense that. I'm talking to the choir in many ways. But I just have an open and honest conversation about this whole thing because this is so very, very very important. God is on the move here, and we sense the powerful presence and leading of his Holy Spirit. Now, this last week I was thinking, now what if Jesus were here next Saturday morning? Or what if Jesus were here next Sunday morning for the vote? What questions would he ask at the open session? Or how would he vote? Oh, there's something that maybe you haven't thought about. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus were here physically to just say, okay, Jesus, and now a word from the Lord. And he stands up and says, well, this is how you should vote. Or this is, if I were in your place, I would do this. Well, it's not quite that simple because remember, Jesus isn't here physically, but he's here where two or three gather together. There's the Lord in the midst. And so God is speaking to you and to you and to you and you upstairs and you that are watching on your computers. And we're, te- we're, we're hoping, we're praying, we're striving for a consensus of the Holy Spirit because he is not a spirit of division. If he's leading us, you'll feel that way. I'll feel that way. And if he's not, we also need to know that. We pay attention. We want to know. How is the Lord leading you? It would be great, now going back to a broader sense than just the vote, to your problem or your situation or your question or your dilemma or your fear or your worry, your honest request for direction. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus could just give you a direct answer? Yes, it would. But that's not how it's been ordained. And so we've gathered as a congregation today in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we believe by faith that he is here. Even though we can't reach out and touch him, we can't see him with our physical eyes, but by faith and by experience, we know that he is here.
we can feel his presence among us. And there are any number of songs that ask and, and strive for that. He is, we are here, and he's given us the promise of his present, his, the promise of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide us, will lead us. Do you believe that in your own life, in the life of your family? He will, he will guide you. He will help you, instruct you, teach you the way that you should go and help you to follow in the way and the will of God. There is hope this morning. We do have a word from the Lord. It's not through my voice or yours, but from Jesus Christ himself. If you've seen the dramatization of the life of Christ called The Chosen, I can still remember the episode where the Apostle John is, is, is staying, uh, Mary is staying with the Apostle John, and they're reminiscing over the things that Jesus says. And of course, it's a dramatization, but she basically says, you know, you want to sit down and write these things down. And so he does. He sits down, and I can still see him at the desk, writing down what he recalls, what Mary, the mother of Jesus, and of course, he's one of the apostles, the beloved apostle. And so we have that, and it's known as the Gospel of John. And so that's exciting to me. I believe that Jesus wants to speak to us this morning through his best friend on earth, John. Through the inspiration of the, Holy, of the Holy Spirit and the guidance and the subsequent translations, I am confident, we are confident, that we have the very words of Christ himself. And again, that's a faith statement. We weren't there. We don't know for sure. But by faith, we believe because it talks about the scriptures being inspired. It talks about the God, God opening our eyes of understanding. Yes, it does. So we, I want to read to you as though, and I know this is a little bit pretentious, as though I am Christ himself. And just, I'm asking you to, it's a newer version I've chosen, so that maybe if you've memorized some of these verses, that won't be quite the same. And that's the idea. Because I want you to listen to Jesus today. And when I sit in this chair, then I'm asking you, through your sanctified imagination, to believe that Jesus is indeed here, speaking through me and through the words of the Apostle John. So that's the way that's going to go. So we're going to sing a song in just a moment, and then uh, just pretend, and it's a good time to pretend, that you are a part of the crowd that day when Jesus gives his teaching Pretend that you're around the table with Jesus or at supper with Jesus and you're one of the disciples and he's giving you some instructions and some things you want to, you want to learn, things you'll, you'll need to know. And again, don't depend upon me and just think of this as Jesus speaking to you. Maybe think of it if you can, even as the very first time. Like, I've never heard this before. Just find the wonder of a child. Just find the wonder of someone who comes with expectancy. Someone who is expecting the Lord to speak, and he will. These words are inspired. And I want to be the humble servant through whom you hear them today. So some of you may want to even close your eyes. Don't look at me. I'm not the focus of attention. But I have to, somehow we have to hear the words. So, or you might want to focus, focus on the cross. Or however you can concentrate 
Don't think about this afternoon. Don't think about what you're having for dinner, where you're going this afternoon, all the things you have to do today or this week, or even the vote next week necessarily, except to think, maybe God will guide you through his word. You think that could be? I mean, is it that relevant? Then when we read the word, he could guide us? I believe it is. Even something you've heard maybe 15, 20, or 150 times, it would be something different for you today. That's my hope. That's my prayer. Open my eyes that I may see. Please stay, uh, stay seated because this is God's prayer. It's not a, a grand song. It's not like we're going to sing a mighty fortress now. It's a quiet prayer. Open our, no, that's the wrong one. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hand the wonderful key. That's it. Could you just go back one more slide? Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies. And the next time you'll hear a voice, it'll be me. But remember, it's the voice of Jesus. And when we're done, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes of silence to reflect. Let's pray together. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key. Shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me. of truth thou sendest clear and while the wave notes fall on my ear everything false will disappear silently now I wait for thee ready my God, thy will to see. Open my ears, illumine me. Spirit For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins but they have already passed from death into life. 
I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be truly free. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you I was going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one can come to the Father except through me. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in his name and I will do it. All you who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each one of them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. And when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything I have told you. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches so that they do bear fruit and bear even more. Remain in me, and I in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful and remain, unless you remain in me. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Now you are my friends because I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so that it hates you. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. This is the word from the Lord for you today. Amen.